live from Buffalo Wild Wings. If we do this right, we're probably going to get good results. And so, um, you know, we've gotten that off and on throughout the course of the season so far. Um, and I think the more we get it, the more contagious it becomes, you know, and, and guys really are tapped into trying to do the little things right that may give us an advantage. I, I wish I had like some big secret, but it's really just comes down to, you know, you know, taking the big old moment and just simplifying into, okay, just doing my job, this play, you know, hopefully will lead us down the field and, you know, into the end zone. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, another Friday, another Buffalo Wild Wings. That's what we do. We always hang out at a new Buffalo Wild Wings each and every Friday as we get you prepared for the weekend. And this weekend is no different, and it's a better one because there is a Raider home game, Allegiant Stadium, coming up on Sunday at 125. You can hear that game kick off right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. This is Unnecessary Roughness. My man, Damon Cotton, is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and I'm at 7345 South Durango in Las Vegas. Come on by. We've got a table in front of me. Raider Nation, no joke, that has so many different prizes. I'm looking at hats. I'm looking at koozies. I'm looking at T-shirts. Looks like i got a couple towels here. i got all kind of stuff here. And so we've got plenty to get to on today's show. Going to get to that in just a hot minute. But we're going to start things off with the opening drive and Raiders cornerback, Sam Webb. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And Sam Webb joins us now on the phone lines. And Sam, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. And as an undrafted free agent in the NFL, you made the 53-man roster. What has this season been for you like so far? Uh, It's been a lot of growth, honestly, Um, coming from where I come from. I just understanding the game from a different aspect and um, growing with the knowledge and understanding that, you know, it's all about just elevating. From the moment that you made to the roster to now, how, how, where has the growth come from? Where have you seen the most growth, growth come from in your game? I think for me, um, as far as just like when Sundays come around and critical situations, um, we, we, we've been in a lot of close games, so – being on the field, you know, in critical situations, understanding the down and distance, knowing how much time is left on the clock, stuff like that, is just, it'll help you in the end, you know, secure whatever situation you're in. No doubt about it. Again, Raiders cornerback Sam Webb joins us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So uh, you guys have been on the road for a couple weeks. You came up with a couple big-time uh, victories, walk-off style, both in Denver and Seattle. How refreshing will it be to be back in the home st- uh, stadium at Allegiant Stadium? I feel great, man. I, I do honestly love playing at home. Um, it's a comfortable <laughs> feeling, and Raider Nation definitely shows out. No, they really do. And, you know, I mean, this is your first year in the league, so what does it feel like to be playing football after Thanksgiving? You I mean, this is the first week of December. Yeah, that's true, man. The, the farthest I've played uh, football is December 1st, and that was our bowl game that I had um, my junior and sophomore year. So it just, you know, I'm just getting used to the lifestyle and understanding that this is just a part of it. Sam Webb is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Sam, I remember in the locker room when all the reporters were gathered around you, someone asked you about the speed of the NFL, and you said you got used to that pretty quick. But what has been that biggest adjustment since you've been in the league? Um, honestly, I feel like I'm pretty good at adjusting to any situation or scenario, whether that's football or just life in general. So um, I don't think it's been much of – as far as just, like, having to adjust to something, as, as far as just, like, just doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I, I slowly but surely I've understood that, you know, what my position is and what my role is on the team. So I just kind of roll with it, you know. You know, you mentioned your, your position and defensive back. You have to have a short memory on the highs and on the lows. How important is that to keep that in mind? Just never never get too high and too low at that position that you play. Uh, that's critical, honestly, because just like you said, you, you could be having a really great game, but if you're getting too high, something bad can happen and that can mess your whole game up or vice versa. You having a bad <clears throat> drive or something like that, you can't let that affect you down the road because, you know, the team still needs you throughout the game. No doubt, no doubt, and you've been a guy that I've seen around the ball quite a bit, and your your playing time has increased and increased and increased. How is that just going out there and practice and earning that uh, that practice, that playing time? That's what Coach McDaniel's talks about all the time. Uh, like you said, it has to be earned every week. So um, I just take it day by day and understand my um, assignment and try to go execute it at the highest level. You know, as I mentioned, you guys got the two walk-off wins back-to-back weeks, one in Denver and one in Seattle. We saw the videos that Raiders.com put out, but Sam, being in that locker room after, you know, the videos are off and the cameras are off, what is it like uh, celebrating those walk-off wins? Man, it feels amazing. I mean, everybody loves to win. We all understand wins are hard to come by, whether you're at any level. But being able to celebrate with your teams after two wins like that is, is a great feeling. You know, and it's one thing to see Devontae Adams catch a pass and, and get a touchdown, but to see Josh Jacobs go 86 yards, what was going through your mind while he's running down the field in Seattle? We was just ready to storm the field because we knew it was a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that was. I know that's right, Sam. It's funny, man. I always tell everyone DBs win games. When you hear that phrase, DBs win games, what does that mean to you? That just means that pressures get put on us all the time and understanding that you know, as we play DB, you got to like that pressure to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? You got to want that pressure because it's an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's always fun, man. We always have these battles about DBs, defensive line, who's more important. But, Sam, I mean, it comes down to it. But Both units have to really play well for one to be able to succeed. Isn't that true? Absolutely. They go hand in hand. The rush, the pass rush goes with, uh, along with the um, coverage. Coverage goes along with the pass rush. So we work together all the time. All right, Sam, so so far this season, what's been like your favorite matchup or the one where you really got tested the most, speaking receiver-wise? Um, honestly, my favorite this year has been against DK just because, mm. just, you know, um, going into the game, understanding what kind of receiver he is, what kind of person he is, being able to just match up on him one-on-one was, was, uh, was a good feeling. You never know when turnovers are going to happen. You never know when you're going to come away with the interception. But when you get that interception, when you get that one, no matter when it is, sometime this season, if it's next, whenever, where, where does that ball go? Where does that interception ball go? My, the ball? Yeah, if you, whenever you come up with your first interception, where is that ball going to go? It's probably going to come back home with me. <laughs> I talked to Nate. Uh, I talked to Nate Hobbs last or in the off season, uh, and he had had an interception. I said, and he was talking about his mom. And I said, did you give that to your, your mom? He said, no, no, that one's with me. She can have the next one. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably gonna come home with me for sure. I heard that. What have you learned from from Nate, who was a rookie in your position last year? Um, like, like you said, you know, at this level, any level really, but specifically. Just to move on from bad plays or the highs, and you know what I'm saying? We, we kind of preach that in, in our DB room to just be able to uh, lock in and play the next play because, you know, we got to play 60 minutes. 
No doubt, no doubt. Well, uh, congratulations to the team, man. I mean, you guys have come up with two victories in a row. You've put yourself back in the thick of things. you got a, a big game coming up with a division rival on Sunday. DeMond's got one more for you before we let you go. Go ahead, DeMond. Yeah, Sam, i got to ask. Yesterday it was, it was mentioned that the locker room had a bit of an argument, Waffle House or the cookout. And <laughs> I wanted to see where did you fall on that side of the argument. Which one do I like better? Yeah, Waffle House or cookout. Definitely the cookout. Um, it's not even a question for me. Like, I'm going to pull up to the homie crib, and we're going to have a cookout before I go to Waffle House. Waffle House is cool and all, but I think Waffle House is only good in the South. Right, oh, right. <laughs> no doubt Just about that. where you fell on that side of the argument then, man. Demond, Demond is always worried about food first, Sam. Let me just tell you, Demond is always worried about food. But, no, Sam, thanks for, for your time this afternoon, my man. We do appreciate you. Congratulations on the success you're having, and, and definitely we're, we're, we're rooting for you and hope for more success, and good luck on Sunday. Appreciate y'all, man. All right, there he goes. Raiders defensive back Sam Webb, a good dude right there, man, a guy who's earned his spot on the 53-man roster, a guy who came in as an undrafted free agent out of a D2 school and found his way on the roster, and he's getting some really good playing time and has continued to grow and grow and grow throughout the course of the season. So expect to see a lot of Sam Webb on Sunday versus the Chargers, who come in with a really salty uh, little wide receiving core. Now Mike Williams, he's not going to be playing, but Keenan Allen's going to be out there. It's a salty little wide receiver. Obviously, he's he's already kind of uh, carved his his role in the NFL. So, uh, you know, it's another one of those uh, big dogs that Sam's going to uh, go up against on Sunday. So that's how we start things off. Again, we're at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, 7435 South Durango. Many thanks to the Raiders and uh, Jade and Will Kiss over there for uh, making Sam Webb available for us. We do appreciate you coming up at 2.30 as we keep this party rolling. Nick Cothrell, uh, ChargerReport.com. He'll join us to give us the final report on the Chargers. And, well, as you saw by the injury report, uh, there's a lot of guys that are out right now for the Chargers coming up in this game on what's up, Doc? Coming up in this game on uh, Sunday, so uh, we'll talk to Nick about not only the injury report, but we'll also talk to him about the expectations for the Chargers this week. Cassie Soto will join us at three o'clock, as she always does, uh, give us her thoughts on what she's been hearing from the Raiders locker room. She's been in there multiple times this week. She's talked to Nate Hobbs, uh, his expectations for the game on Sunday, as I do expect to see Nate out there. So Cassie will so join us at three o'clock. Then at four, going to take a little bit of a turn. Porter Larson, ESPN 700, he's going to join us. He's in town for the Pac-12 championship game at Allegiant Stadium, USC, and Utah. This is a rematch of a game that happened in mid-October that US, Utah excuse me, won by one point. It was a shootout, 43-42, I believe. Uh, Utah came away with that victory. And so USC, they're ranked number four in the country right now. They want to solidify their spot in the college football playoffs. And to do that, they need to get a victory. But uh, Utah has uh, something else on their mind. They want to play spoiler, and they want to also finish off their season uh, in a hell of a spot and get themselves a nice bowl game. So Porter Larson will join us at 4 o'clock to talk about the Pac-12 championship game coming up at Allegiant Stadium later on this evening. Matter of fact, kicks off at 5 o'clock. And then we'll close things out with Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He always hits us up on Fridays to talk us about the, the, you know, the gambling lines. We'll talk some college football. We'll talk some NFL action. Of course, we'll ask him about the Chargers and the Raider game. As DeMond, it was really strange. The game went from being a two-and-a-half-point favorite for the Chargers early in the week to a point-and-a-half now for the Raiders. So it swayed from the early part of the week in the Chargers' favor to now the Raiders' favor. So uh, when I see those kind of things, and I'm no gambling expert, we know that, and we'll talk to Lee about this, that to me says injuries, injuries, and more injuries. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And then you that lets you know that 
the guys in Vegas, you know, those odds makers, they even know before the injury reports put out that uh, maybe the Raiders are going to have, you know, a little bit more of an advantage, especially when you see, hey, their right tackle is going to be out. That means Max Crosby is going to be eating a little bit more. It's some key injuries that the Chargers yep. are going to be facing. Right, no doubt. And so the odds makers, they always know. What do they always say? Vegas knows? Vegas knows, right? When you see a, a line go from two and a half in one favor to all of a sudden a point and a half in another favor in a matter of a couple days, obviously they know what's going down. And the injury report came out, as I mentioned. When we come back, I'll actually go over the injury report, the final one for the week. We'll also throw out the show question. I'm not going to throw out just yet. We'll do it when we come back. It's 7435 South Durango. That's where we're at. Buffalo Wild Wings every single Friday. We're at a different Buffalo Wild Wings. Vegas Jess is in the building already. Jason's in the building. We got a lot of prizes from Coors Light. We got a lot of prizes from Raider Nation Radio. So uh, come on by and get hooked up. 212 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Buffalo Wild Wings is the location, 7435 South Durango on this Friday. Getting you ready for Raider football on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Very excited about the opportunity for the Raiders to take the field at 4-7, and seven, going up against the hated Chargers, right? One of the many AFC West division foes between the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Chargers. All three of them are hated, but they're headed to Allegiant Stadium. It's the second time that the Raiders will be playing them this season. It should be fun, should be exciting. There's a lot to get to in that game. So I'm going to go over the injury report that was just rolled out just a little while ago from the Raiders and the Chargers. But before I do that, I want to go ahead and throw out the show topic to you, and we do it every Friday. Uh, what will you be looking for from the Raiders on Sunday? What, what will it, who is, who are you, or, or what position will you be looking for? I guess it's probably the better way to, uh, you know, to word it. What is, uh, what is not keys to victory? I, I feel like the Raiders, they go in there and execute the game the game plan they go in there and execute the way they know how you know there's no no doubt they could win the game right none of these games are are too tough for them to win it really isn't they just got to go in there and execute but as far as that execution goes for for what are you going to be looking for or maybe who will you be looking for maybe the guy that we talked to to start the show off sam webb maybe that's a guy that you're looking for maybe you're just trying to continue to see some growth from him whatever the case may be let us know what you'll be looking for in this game on sunday at 702-365-9200 i had another question that i want to throw out there to you though that's a little bit more detailed and it's funny i actually got this question on my podcast voicemail line the lockdown raider podcast voicemail line and i never got to it on today's show just because i thought it was going to take too much explanation and too much talk and conversation to actually you know sum it up real quick fast in a hurry but I thought you know what let's bring it to the radio the radio station let's bring it to the radio show and get some good feedback on it so I ask you this and actually it was worded differently than I'm going to word it but I think this is the best way to word it what would you be willing to sacrifice to have a top 15 defense to ensure that the Raiders are going to have a top 15 defense next season what would you be willing to sacrifice because, look, you're going to have to sacrifice something. I mean, you can't just continue to stack each side of the ball all over. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to have to be some kind of sacrifice. And my example is when Gus Bradley came in as the defensive coordinator, the offensive line got sacrificed, right? And there were some guys that were able to fit into what Gus Bradley wanted to do, and their defense was decent. It wasn't great, but it kept them in games. It gave them opportunities. It wasn't great. We, we know that. But if you just knew, okay, if, if – 
if the Raiders sacrifice this but can guarantee that they'll have the players brought in to make that defense where they want it to be, where Patrick Graham and company wants it to be, and it'll be around a top 15 defense, what would you be willing to sacrifice? And you know what? You're not willing to sacrifice anything is an okay answer. Maybe you say, you know what, I'll take my chances. <laughs> I'll take my chances if they go out and draft some guys and don't worry about, you know, don't worry about, about big, paying big money. Just go out and get some, some young cats like, like Matt Rule did when he took over the Panthers, right? Their first draft was all defensive players because they knew that that was the side of the ball that they had to address the most. So maybe, maybe you don't want to sacrifice anything. You don't need to sacrifice anything. Maybe it's just as easy as, no, go into the draft, solely focus on defense, and go from there. That could be as simple as that. But I do want to hear from you. The don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Two questions I want to throw out there throughout the course of the show. We'll talk about it. What are you going to be looking for in the game on Sunday from the Raiders? And what would you be willing to sacrifice for a top 15 defense? So I ask you, Damon, who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, who, by the way, is fat full right now. He's sitting there, man. You look like you got your feet up on the board. You look like if I don't keep you entertained and engaged, man, you might fall asleep after all the food that you got fed earlier today. Yeah, Joe's Seafood, Prime Steak and Stone Crab, they really hooked it up today with the prime ribeye sandwiches that they have. And I mean, you know, it came with the au jus that Q really doesn't mess with, but I'm telling you it was good, Q. You put that on the sandwich. I mean, it came with the mushrooms, the onions. Oh, man, it was perfect. Also, the salad, the chocolate pecan pie, they, they, really, they, they went all out today. I'm going to say it right now. Every meal is good, but this was the best one. Really? This best was the one best so far? One, the best one so far. Nice, nice. Well, I love the fact that every time that they bring you food, I'm always gone. I'm always on the road. There's no doubt about it. I'm always going to be MIA, missing in action. But that's okay because I'm here at Buffalo Wild Wings, and, of course, there's a lot of great drink specials, a lot of great food specials going on. But uh, my man, Damon, has to give the, the tip of the cap, which he's actually wearing the hat in studio right now. My man, I, don't, <laughs> what, I, I just got to ask this question, man. I know we wanna, I want to get into some Raider talk, but I got to ask, what do you think of when you get up in the morning and get dressed? Like, what is, what, what is going through your mind when you're getting dressed in the morning? Because today, you have got the tightest, and I don't mean tight like, oh, that's a great-looking shirt. I mean, like, tight like, wow, that's tight. How'd you squeeze into that thing? You got the tightest shirt on, and you got some pants that look like they could be my little brothers, and I don't even have a little brother. Okay, uh, you also forgot the, um, the belt. With the right. um, with the, the bell buckle, yeah, the yeah, belt with, right. the, with the bull there. My bad. And I got on my cowboy boots. I mean, yep. you know the rodeos in town, you know. Oh, okay. and I was just feeling a little festive, you know. Okay, even okay. though I'm not there, you know, wanted to be a part of it. Okay, no, you know what? That <laughs> act- and maybe I've been hanging around you too much, but that actually makes sense. <laughs> that actually makes sense. The rodeos in town, and Demond looks like he's dressed for it. He looks like he is going to go either work the, the rodeo or do something. I don't know what it is, but Demond he walked in today, and I thought. Man, I must be in the wrong hallway, man. We were all walking in the hallway, and I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I, I must be on the wrong side of the building. I didn't know what was going on, but DeMond's got the, the role, and I know Jared was even liking your, your boots that you have. He said, man, those boots are fancy. What, what do you got going on with your boot ensemble that you have today? Uh, no, they're just some boots that I bought recently. Um, got a little a bit of a teal a bit of a teal on the top, you know, and just some regular brown on the bottom. I'm really not showing <laughs> it off too much. You know, I had to, like, pull up the pants leg so you could see it, but, you know. I mean, I'll take a picture. I'll take a picture after the show. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, let's get back into some Raider football. Demond Cotton again, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Always appreciate you, my man. What, let me ask you. Let me start off with this with you. What will you be looking for in this game on Sunday? 
oh, I'm going to be looking to see if the offense is going to be able to maintain that, uh, I'm going to say, momentum that we've seen in the past two the past two games? Or are they going to be able to keep it alive, that juice where it's that this offense is looking like the offense we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season? So that's what I'm going to be looking for the most. Okay, all right, no doubt. I, I, want, to, I want to see a, a quick start. And why I say that is the first time that the Raiders played the Chargers back in L.A., remember they got off to a slow start, and Josh Jacobs basically was eliminated from the game early. I think he had 10 total carries. So the Raiders need to start, and they need to start fast to the point where they can stay with a balanced offense instead of saying, okay, well, now we're in panic mode, we're in O-blank mode, and we got to uh, throw, 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 right? I mean, you don't want to have to do that. You want to be able to just have, you know, have a nice balanced attack. And so that's really what I'll be looking for as far as this game goes. Uh, you know, the, at least the start of the game is to start. you got to start fast, man, and, and at least keep up with the Chargers. Don't fall behind. Don't get, like, two scores behind early. Then all of a sudden, like I said, you're in panic mode. So that's definitely something I'll be paying attention to. But I want to hear from you, 69187. That is the don'tbebroke.com text line and also the phone line is 702-365-9200. Got a bunch of texts rolling in, but let's go ahead and start with a phone call. Raider Fish in Berkeley, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, top, top of the day, top of the day. So let me try and answer all your stuff. Uh, <laughs> first of all, sacrifice on top 15. What would you want to sacrifice? And we didn't already sacrifice it, baby. Our record right now is a sacrifice. I think next year, same coordinator. We got the horses that we know will work. We're going to get some pieces. I think the sacrifice is made already. Boom. Now, okay. Okay. what do I look for? Well, this is a long answer, but hold on. Oh, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the Chargers, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, man. Uh -oh. I got you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. The Chargers, right, let me tell you about their tendency. So, they like to have Derwin James on our man Waller. Well, Waller's not going to be on the grass, right? So, I think Chargers are going to cheat up, especially if I want to use the first quarter to make them second guess. First quarter, make them second guess themselves. They're about to come in and try and stop the run. That's, and they know they're weak against the run. I think they're going to have Derwin James and other people, you know, congregating around the line. We got that formation flexibility. I think we're going to use some play action or just some passes out of the formations to get them second-guessing themselves, especially if Derwin is sniffing around the line. The other piece, uh, that linebacker, Twinkle, man, that on the under, that dude is pretty awesome. And he had a backbreaker interception against us game one. And they like to drop him back. I want to see Carr look that dude off from time to time. And I know Carr doesn't do it a lot. I want to see a little pump fake action to get Tranquil biting on the wrong thing. So that's on offense. Now, uh, the past two wins, we've checked off some boxes, right? Beginning of the season, we couldn't win close once we've done that. Boom. Couldn't win on the road. Boom. We've done that. Now, what I want, the next box is to get a lead and keep it. And I want to see them choke their ass out. Get the lead and keep it. All right? Now, those are the things I'm looking for. All right? Make them second-guess themselves in the first quarter. I like what you said. I agree with you. We got to jump out. But that doesn't necessarily mean a quick pass, boom, two, two minutes and we score. I want to see two more things. I'm going to let it go. Time and possession. I want to dominate the time and possession because – our offense on the field is our second defense because they explosive on offense. And the second thing I want to see, I think if we go at least 70%, which is a lofty number, but 70% on third down and fourth down conversions, 
excuse me, I messed that up. 70% on third down. I want to make all our fourth down conversions. But 70% on third down, those are the things I'm looking for. Show up, show out, and just hold it. Just win, baby. When you go out, right? There he goes. Raider Fish in Berkeley holding his own show right there. But, uh, yeah, I got I got your points, my man. I got your points. Let me hustle up and get one more call in right now. Uh, Raul in Seattle, take us home, brother. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? Uh, yeah, you know, just about keys to the game. You know, I think the biggest thing for us on offense is really to put Derwin on a swivel. You know, we, we know he's going to be over the top on Devontae, but we also know he wants to uh, get in on stopping Jacobs. So I think we need to attack him with both of those players on the same side, put him on a swivel, get him confused a little bit, and see if we can exploit one of his uh, aggressive tendencies to go after those guys. So I'd like to see McDaniels really craft uh, some plays that are meant to confuse the safety and see if we can get someone uh, loose behind him especially. And on defense, you know, we obviously don't have to worry about Mike Williams. But yep. Keenan can do enough damage on his own. And so, you know, our, I, I think we're going to end up with some type of bracket coverage on him. But we can't forget about their secondary receivers. Palmer and Carter can both hurt us. And, you know, our mm-hmm. DBs aren't the greatest. So we're really going to have to figure out a way to limit the damage from their secondary receivers. And, of course, Eckler. You know, then you throw Eckler yeah. into the mix. And that's where our linebackers got to be on point. Because they got to be quick. They got to be alert. Uh, we know that they're going to try some confusion stuff on us, too. So, you know, it's going to be uh, a game where I think the secondary weapons on our offense and stopping theirs is going to be the biggest factor. All right. Hey, good call, my man. Raul in Seattle, I definitely appreciate you. We'll get back to the phone lines in just a little bit. What you, what will you be looking for for the Raiders on Sunday versus the Chargers? Also, what would you be willing to sacrifice for a top 15 defense. Go ahead and sit on that. Think about that. Hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Right now we're bringing, we're bringing in Nick Cottrell from chargerreport.com uh, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on the Say Roughness. And, Nick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I appreciate you. And let me start with uh, let me start with all the injuries that are, are, are going on right now with the Chargers. And I've seen multiple guys ruled out already, a couple offensive linemen and Mike Williams. How is the injuries and the guys ruled out going to affect this game on Sunday? Sunday. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a huge impact, and uh, the, the Chargers just really haven't been able to escape the injury bug, what feels like all season, and uh, like you said, Mike Williams would be out with an ankle injury, Corey Lindsley with a concussion, um, who's been rated by PFF as you know, the top center in the league so far, so that'll be quite the loss there, and then uh, the right tackle, Trey Pipkins, has been battling a knee injury, and uh, he'll miss the game as well, so you know, this will be the third game that Lindsley has missed this season, and when he hasn't been in there, it's uh, it's looked like a, a different operation. Uh, just his impact, kind of keeping the uh, keeping the offensive line together, he's really been the glue to that operation. So uh, they'll they'll turn to Will Clapp. He'll, he'll step in there, um, and then at right tackle, they'll they'll turn to Foster Sorrell to make his uh, second NFL start. So that'll be a, a big challenge for him. You know, going up against Max Crosby. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. That's why I made the whole little woo. I mean, I mean, you got a guy that's getting your, his second career start going against Max Crosby. He's having a phenomenal season. And even Chandler Jones on the other side, I know he hasn't had a great season, but he's still Chandler Jones. You know, with those guys that are going down on that offensive line, how, how concerned are those bookends? And even the interior, I mean, because it's just it's not a cohesive unit anymore. How, 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 not scary, that's the wrong word, but how, how much of an issue is that going to be for the uh, offensive line to try to hold up? I, I think it's going to be it's going to be pretty big, and you know, n- not only are they losing two guys this week, but the Chargers' offensive line for the first ten weeks 
Uh, they, they Justin Herbert was the least sacked quarterback, and then within the last two games, they, they've allowed nine sacks, which is the most over over that stretch. Yeah. So they're 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 kind of going on a downward trajectory, and then you know they, they lose two guys. Uh, I know the Raiders haven't exactly had a, a ton of pass rush outside of Max Crosby, but uh, right. if there's ever a game for for them to kind of get that turned in the right direction, this is probably it. No doubt about it. Again, Nick Cothrell from ChargersReport.com is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So apparently uh, wide receiver Keenan Allen was trying to make a little bit of bulletin board material, uh, talking about the Raiders secondary basically being barbecue chicken. Uh, what do you know about what Keenan Allen had to say yesterday? Yeah, so he said that during, during open locker room. So uh, I wasn't actually there. I was, I was somewhere else in the locker room when, when he was giving out those quotes. But I, I, def- I definitely saw... Uh, saw that uh, kind of blow up on uh, Jeff Miller. The LA Times wrote an article about it. Um, Kenny Kelsey, and he, you know, it, it, he really hasn't been healthy all season. So uh, mm-hmm. Billy, he has some confidence to it. Um, you know, he's a guy that has been a part of this Raiders Chargers rivalry for quite some time, as you know, Q. So yeah. I just imagine it's, it's just him kind of, you know, kind of kind of laying into that a little bit. But I. Here, I mean, they, they, they're not really reading into too much of that. I'm sure the Raiders are definitely using that uh, to their advantage. Just that, well, like I always, mentioned that bulletin board material. Right. I always say <laughs> that if you need bulletin board material to get fired up, then something's wrong with you, especially when it's a, you know, a sure. game like this, right? I mean, Chargers, yeah. Raiders, uh, we all go back to Week 18. How much of that, though? How much of Week 18 last season, you know, how much of that has come up in conversation this week as far as a little bit of a revenge factor? I know they played Week 1 and the Chargers won, but – this is at Allegiant Stadium where it happened last year. Yeah, that's been a big talking point uh, from the media during press conferences and, and uh, d- during the open locker room. And, you know, guys like Derwin James, he said that definitely, it, it, you know, it, when they left last year, it, they left with a sour taste in their mouth. But, uh, he, you know, he kind of pointed uh, to, to some of the other guys like the Khalil Max and, um, you know, like they weren't part of the, even part of that defense. So when the Chargers entered entered the season, like even in that Week One game, they had six new starters uh, on on defense. The offense is a lot of the same guys. Um, but so you know, so it means more to some players than others just because of some of the turnover um, that the Chargers brought in this off season. So it's kind of it kind of affects guys a little bit uh, differently. But uh, I'd, I'd say you know, by and large, a lot of the players and coaches have. Try turning the page and you know saying that it doesn't really hold much value, but uh, you know that their season last year came to a crushing end. So I I I find it hard pressed to believe that uh, it doesn't you know mean something to them deep down. No doubt, Nick Cothrell is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Did want to ask you about the Chargers defense. And last time that the Raiders played them, they had Darren Waller, they had Hunter Renfro. There's none of those guys now. How do you expect the Chargers to try to defend Devontae Adams this time around? You know, I, I, I'm sure it's going to be a challenge. It seems like a lot of the focus this week has been Josh Jacobs. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I asked uh, defensive coordinator Ronaldo Hill yesterday, like, you know everybody's so focused around Josh Jacobs going over 300 yards last week, but like you can't lose sight of, you know, arguably if not the best wide receiver in football and Devontae Adams, like how do you kind of balance both of that? And, you know, he's, he said that, you know, the the Raiders are a team that have really leaned into the run, but we're we're, we're not going to, we're going to have to, you know, identify where Devontae is before each and every play, because he's certainly a guy you can't lose. I think it's going to be difficult for the Chargers because, you know, in, in recent weeks, they've really, really been gashed by the run. Uh, they, you know, they, they've allowed over 150 rushing yards in six of the last seven games. Three of those have gone over 200. So 
they really haven't had an answer for stopping the run. And, and Josh Jacobs kind of being that factor, uh, you would think that they would like to load the box. But when, when you do that, then you're going to leave Devontae Adams, you know, in, in man coverage on the outside. And we know how that can go. So I, I, I really, I'm not sure how they're going to go, go about defending that. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's going to, that's going to be something where I'm sure the Raiders are going to get theirs. And, you know, the Chargers are going to have to, uh, Kind of, kind of do their best because really this season they've been carried by by the offense and even the offense with the injuries has been up and down this season. But the defense has you know really been lackluster the last couple of weeks. You mentioned about how the Chargers' offense, they I mean defense, they haven't been able to stop the run. Is that due to a scheme or the lack of players to execute the way they want to? I think a lot of it has to do with, with the injuries. You know, they were I, I would say they're about middle of the pack until the the injuries started really piling up. Uh, there's a span of about two. There's a span of two weeks where they lost four interior defensive linemen. One of those being Jerry Tillery. Uh, <laughs> right. So it's been, you know, it's, it's been a situation where they they elevated two guys from the practice squad who, who are now active on game days. They signed another uh, Tyler Davidson off the Browns practice squad who's active on game days. So you know they're they're just really thin across that defensive line. Not having Joey Joey Bosa out there has has been a big factor and. You know, not only what he's able to do in rushing the passer, but against the run. So I, I think there's a lot that goes into it, but definitely the personnel that they have, I think, has been the most concerning part. Nick, as far as uh, as far as Jerry Tillery goes, I, I've been asking a few times this week, you know, what went wrong with him in L.A. and what should Raider fans and Raider Nation start to expect from Jerry Tillery moving forward? Yeah, so I, I I was shocked by the departure myself, but I I guess that there was some you know um, differences between him and and the coaching staff between uh, playing time when some of those injuries transpired. He thought he should be the next man, just the next guy to plug in there, and uh, they kind of wanted to see him uh, battle it out with, with with some of the other players, and you know they weren't exactly on the same page and. Um, so I, I guess they really just couldn't get Jerry Tillery's mindset turned around, so they decided to move off of him. I'm sure that, you know, looking back, because right, right after that happened, they lost two more uh, defensive linemen. So, I, you know, looking back, that probably wasn't the most ideal situation. But, uh, you know, when he was here, he, he had some uh, moments where he was looking really good as a pass rusher. Um, against the run, he seemed to be more of a liability. Uh, but, you know, he... He had some flashes. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, he, he was he's playing more of that rotational depth role um, mm-hmm. than anything. But uh, he was kind of an up and down player uh, here, at least. Well, that's what he's kind of is with the Raiders right now. A little bit of a, a rotation at that defensive tackle position. They're a little thin there, so it makes sense. And you know, what six more games to go? Just be able to see what he has, and maybe he could be a uh, maybe he could be something in the future. Maybe not. Maybe they just let him roll after the season. But I think it's worth the flyer again. We're talking all things Chargers right now with Nick Cuthrell from ChargerReport.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Demon. Joey Bosa's out that we know, and Khalil Mack's on the edge. But besides Khalil Mack, I know that's a big if if the Raiders can't contain him. Who else should they worry about when it comes to the pass rush? Well, Khalil Mack has been their pass rush <laughs> uh, since Joey Bosa's come down. They they haven't they, they haven't even you know produced a sack from another one of their other edge rushers uh, since Joey went down. Just outside of Khalil, Khalil has been the production. They've had Kyle Van Noy in there, uh, Chris Rump, second year player. Um, and you know both of those guys, they, they've they really haven't you know offered a whole lot in the pass rush department. They've had some pressures, but neither neither one of them have recorded a sack just yet. So it's really been the Khalil Mack show um, in terms of the pass rushing standpoint. Go for it. 
All right, so I've also wanted to ask you about that offensive production because a player that I've been talking about all week that the Raiders, I'm not say be scared of, but should have a keep a keep a close eye on is Austin Eckler. What have you seen out of him so far this season, especially with his receptions out of the backfield? Man, Eckler's been awesome. He he really has has been the offense. Um, what well, you know for for a great portion of, of this season and continues to be. You know they they went weeks where where they were without um, Keenan Allen. And then there were moments where they were without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and it was almost like Austin Eckler was leading the league, uh, the, the team in, re- in receptions each week. Really, kind of, you know, not not just what he does from a running back perspective, but going out and, and catching passes and, and running routes. Um, and so he he's just been a guy. It seems like him and Justin really are trust one another, and um, you know he he's on track right now to set the single season reception record for a running back. So I mean that just kind of says just how often they really turn to him. So. Uh, I would expect him to definitely be a, be a guy that uh, they're they're heavily looking towards. You know, again, just based on what he's able to do, and you know, they line him up all over the place. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see just just how effective he is. Um, you know, not just in the run game, but uh, going out wide. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that they line him up all over the place. Is it more of a Christian McCaffrey type where he is going to be lined up at receiver as well? Like when he, when, when he gets these matchups, is it mainly linebackers or do the teams adjust and maybe put a safety or a corner on him? Yeah, you know, I, I guess I should say when, when, they were like, when they were without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they were, he was lined up out wide more often. Now, now that they have Keenan Allen back and they have Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter, he's probably going to come out of the backfield much much more. Um, but yeah, I would say for, for the most part, he is he's matched up against against the linebackers um, when he when he's going out. And let me ask you this: as we get ready to wrap things up, uh, one of the Raiders' Achilles' heel is the middle of the field. Their defense seems to always let the middle of the field be wide open. Uh, Gerald Everett, he had a really good game week one against the Raiders. How big of a factor do you expect him to be this week? Yeah, Gerald. You know, he, he's kind of been a guy that's that's. Uh, kind of gone up and down there's there's games where he's targeted a ton and then there's games where, where he's kind of silenced but uh yeah he came through last week with that two-point conversion that yeah. killed the game for the, for the chargers and you know it was really big and he said that was, that was a play that they've they've practiced you know a lot and they were just kind of saving that in their back pocket and it just kind of worked to perfection for them right you know in, in that right yeah. moment so he's been a guy that that uh him and justin have it seems like it you know at least early on this being his first year here, they, they pick things up, you know, pretty pretty quickly. But uh, like I said, there's there's been games where he's kind of silenced, and there's games where he he just goes off. It's kind of one or the other, it seems. So, uh, you know, who knows who knows exactly how that's going to be. Not sure exactly how the, how the Raiders, you know, def- how well they've defended opposing teams' tight ends. But uh, there has been times where ever you know has his way, um, and just that you know that receiving game has really offered a, much more uh, to the Chargers. Uh, tight end position than what they've had in previous years with Jared Cook here, so he definitely is, is more of that receiving type of threat. Chargers come in six and five. The Raiders come in four and seven. Battle for uh, you know second and third place there in the AFC West, and it's not been the season that I don't think anyone expected in the AFC West, but uh, still pretty competitive yeah. between those two teams right there. Well, Nick, what do you got coming out, man, on the ChargerReport.com that we should be on the lookout for? Maybe to get a little bit more insight on the Chargers. Yeah, I'll have my game prediction coming out this weekend, and then just you know, a pregame, pregame and postgame coverage of the game this weekend. I'll be there in Las Vegas, so uh, nice. looking forward to seeing you there, Q. Yes, sir. We'll see you in the press box, man. Thanks so much. Great work as always. We do appreciate you. Thank you. All right, there he goes. 
Nick Cothrell, ChargerReport.com, on Twitter at Nick Cothrell. Does a fantastic job. He's a good guy, man. Covered the Rams and then went over to the Chargers. So uh, kind of mixing and matching the different uh, the different uh, coverages and the different teams that uh, he covers, but does a really good job covering the Chargers. So uh, Nick will be in the press box with us at Allegiant Stadium come Sunday. 2.43 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings, 74.35 South Durango. Raider Nation's already in the building. Got a bunch of folks representing, getting their uh, early weekend on, getting their drink on, getting their food on getting their gamble on doing a little bit of everything oh their prizes on too bunch of prizes here and you got to come get them because these things go like hotcakes so uh i'm trying to give them out to you all you got to do is come by say what's up and you'll get laced up just like that 244 is the time this is radio nation radio 920 now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy q on raider nation radio and Raider Nation is here already at Buffalo Wild Wings, 7435 South Durango. My man Dollar Bill's in the building, holding it down. We got a bunch of prizes. We got some tickets. Got some Raider Nation Radio 920 t-shirts. We got some trucker hats, as we like to call them. We got some koozies. We got some things by Miller Lite that kind of look like they could be ornaments. They also look like they can hold, like, flowers. I don't really know exactly what they are. That's been a mystery that we've had as we've kind of been looking at it. We don't really know quite what this is. But it is, uh, it's, it's, it's something that's a prize. <laughs> so if you want it, you can come by and get hooked up with it, even though I don't exactly know how to describe it. But we've got all kind of different uh, items for you. Like I said, Radio Nation Radio 920 t-shirts and a whole lot more. We're preparing you for the upcoming weekend. Of course, uh, you know, the Raiders will be at Allegiant Stadium. All the things kicking off at 125. You can hear the game on Radio Nation Radio 920. I'll be at the torch uh, as I do the pre-pre-show. It's called Q's Kickoff, 10 a.m. to about 11.15. And then pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen. They'll take you all the way up to kickoff and then pass the sticks on to Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy. And like I said, game will kick off at 125. Raiders and Chargers just had our final uh, little preview of the week in this game coming up in week 13. Week 13 action already. Coming up at the top of the hour, Cassie Soto, VegasNation.com. She'll join the show, but I did want to get to a few of these texts that we have at a 69187, keyword r That's our don'tbebroke.com text line. Want to know what you'll be looking for from the Raiders on Sunday, and then also what would you be willing to sacrifice for a top 15 defense? And for me, I just feel like that that is a, a, a really – I kind of like how Raider Fish and Berkeley had said that, you know, he thinks the sacrifice already happened uh, with the record. And so basically I take that as, okay, he's going to uh, want the, the, the new front office, Dave Ziegler and company, to dip into the draft and make sure they go very defensive heavy. And I like that as well, but I still think that there needs to be a couple veteran pieces added. So I think that there should be some free agency money spent in the offseason for – you know, for a, a big-time defensive player, you know, either a shutdown corner, just one big-time, just give me one big-time defensive pack player in free agency. That's all. One, but, but they have to be an impactful player, right? I know they went for the impactful player in Chandler Jones. It just didn't work out. But give me one. Give me one person. I don't care what position. If it's a corner, if it's a sideline-to-sideline side linebacker, like I would, I would sacrifice a lot for Roquan Smith. I really would. If the, if the Baltimore Ravens decide not to re-sign him, which I don't I, – I would be shocked if they didn't. Uh, I, I, would, I would be willing to sacrifice quite a bit uh, if they were to go and make a move for a Roquan Smith because they need, they need that dude as that linebacker moving forward. But that, that I think that pretty much anyone in Raider Nation would be willing to sacrifice quite a bit. That may cost you somebody 
on offense. That may cost you someone that, you know, you're looking to give some free agency money, and there's multiple free agents that are going to be on the uh, offensive side of things when it comes to the Raiders this upcoming offseason. And also, as I mentioned, what will you be looking for for the Raiders this Sunday? Got a text from the 707. I like this one. In this game, I'll be looking for the fired-up camaraderie that they finished the games with last year and what we see in the locker room following the last two games. This team has the ability to pull off victories, but we've got to maintain that attitude to finish off teams. Regarding sacrificing, that's a tough one I have to think about. This team can't afford to sacrifice too much of anything at this point. And that's a good point, and that's, that's why, and thank you for that text, by the way, uh, from the 707. That's why maybe you don't want to sacrifice anything. Maybe you just want to say, you know what, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, uh, Josh McDaniels, go and do everything in the draft. Just go, you know, top to bottom, no matter how many picks you end up with, and I believe Vinny Bonsignor said they're around nine, I don't think that teams need nine or ten draft picks uh, because all those guys aren't going to make the team. So I look at it as you can move around. If you have nine or ten draft picks going into the draft, you can move around a little bit, and if you see certain guys that you think could be impactful players, you can kind of target them. So to me, when you say that, you know, they don't really have too much to sacrifice or they can't afford to sacrifice anything, maybe it's as, as simple as, um, do do all the all, all the drafting uh, all defensively. You know, make all your defensive additions through the draft, and that would be a sacrifice because there's going to be uh, impactful offensive players that are available as well, including offensive linemen. Uh, let's see. Vegas Pete hit a sub and said, "We need to target and double team Eckler. Put pressure on Herbert." What do you and Cowboy Demond think of the changes to the Pro Bowl here in Vegas in February? I like them. I'll go ahead and defer to Cowboy Demond. <laughs> Anytime uh, Cowboy Demond gets brought up, I'll go ahead and, and defer to him. Uh, what are your thoughts on the changes to the Pro Bowl? To be honest, I really haven't seen the changes to the Pro Bowl. Aren't they making it like flag football, basically? It's basically like a, just a glorified skills skills competition. I've never been a, a Pro Bowl fan anyway. I really haven't because I feel like that that's the one all-star game that is the most dangerous, and I wouldn't want my favorite player out there anyway, right? Because you get injured in the Pro Bowl. There's nothing worse than getting injured in the Pro Bowl. So, you know, like when Max Crosby was playing in it last season, I was, you know, lightweight concerned. You know, on our drive to, on our drive to L.A. for the Super Bowl, preparing for the Super Bowl weekend, I was thinking, man, I hope Mad Max doesn't get injured out there. There's nothing worse than someone getting injured in the Pro Bowl. It's just it's an all-star game that you really can't play. Right? I mean, you can't, like the, the MLB, their all-star game, they could play it. That's fine. NBA, you could play it. But NFL, you can't go full speed in the Pro Bowl because if you do, then everyone's going to say you're dirty. Right? And, I mean, basically, Max Crosby made them change the rules to the Pro Bowl because even him going, you know, half speed was still faster than most of the guys out there. Right? I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. I, I just would hate to see any, and this is not just exclusive to Raiders, I'd hate to see any player get injured in the Pro Bowl because, man, I mean, these guys are one play away anyway. Could you imagine someone tearing Achilles or something like that in a Pro Bowl? Yeah, like but the Pro Bowl. All I would want to see would be skills competitions. Let me see which right. quarterback can throw the ball the furthest. Let me see some accuracy competitions and besi- and some receivers, like when they were doing, like, creative catches. It was almost like a slam dunk contest they did last year. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a slam dunk contest cons- basically with, with catching the football. Let me just see some fun stuff like that and make it and make it more of a fan experience. Right, no doubt, no doubt. We got a text, oh man, from Mailman Raider. This is a good one. This is our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187 keyword R. This is a good question, Damon. Okay. I don't have an answer off top. I do. I'm going to ask you first. I'm going to cop out. I really am. I don't care what you say. I'm going to cop out, and we'll ask Cassie Soto about it at the top of the hour. Would you have sacrificed Waller for Roquan? That came to my mind when the deadline was on the horizon. So basically, would 
if, if the Bears had been calling and said, hey, look, we want Waller and we'll give you Roquan Smith, would you have taken that? Yes, Q, because my answer to the would question. Would you really? My, here's my, here was going to be my answer to the question. What would you be willing to sacrifice for a top 15 defense? Yeah. My answer was going to be a dominant number two receiver. I would sacrifice a legitimate number two receiving option for a top 15 defense. I don't know if that's enough to sacrifice, but I would be willing to sacrifice it. So basically, what I was going to answer, that kind of falls in line with it. Man, okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm really greedy, man. <laughs> As we know, I'm very greedy, man. Hey, man, we're I talking just, about sacrifice. You can't say, I'd sacrifice the backup, backup. I'd sacrifice no, the no, first I'm, string tight end. No, no, that's why I said I, I think that, you know, oh, man, I don't – that's why it's such a tough question because I don't want – I'll be straight up. I don't want to sacrifice Waller. I think that Waller could be a hell of a player. I've said it a million times on this show. I don't want to get back into why I think this, that, and the other about Waller. But I do think he could be such a huge weapon for this offense. But I also know what a top 15 defense would do for this team, right? I'm no fool. I've been around long enough to know exactly what a top 15 defense would do, and Roquan Smith would help help bring, you know, a Roquan Smith-like because obviously he's not available. He's in, he's in Baltimore right now, so I don't really want to keep throwing his name around there for nothing. But, you know what I mean? So that's that's why it's such a tough it's such a tough you, Here's my logic, though. With okay. Devontae Adams, other, play, other receivers re- receiving options, you become expendable when you have the best receiver in the game, in my opinion. I know some that, people want to say that the record doesn't show it, but he's top five in all the major categories when it comes to receiving. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I mean, like, like I said, that's why I throw it out there and I get other people's opinions because I know that I don't always have the answer, right? <laughs> and, again, this is a question that was posed to me, and really the way that the question was posed to me on my podcast was, would you be willing to sacrifice Josh Jacobs for a top 15 uh, um, defense? So, I mean, and you see how I already switched up the question. <laughs> yeah, you're asking for too much right there, buddy. Okay, see, there you go. So, I mean, but someone, somebody could argue and say, well, you already have some running backs in the stable. If you have a top 15 defense, then you might not need a guy to go for 150 every – you know what I mean? So that's my point. Like, you know, when you start naming players that you would have to sacrifice, it's, it makes it a lot more difficult, and that's why, that's why we throw the question out there. So two questions I'll have, and we'll ask Cassie Soto. She'll join us next. What will you be looking for for the Raiders on Sunday as they host the Chargers, and what would you be willing to sacrifice? I make it easier on you. What would you be willing to sacrifice for a top 15 defense? This is Raider Nation Radio 920.